Good morning. Happy Tuesday, 2nd of Feb. We are here talking about sweetness today. And this, this came from a question I got over the weekend about should I be worried about uh, sweeteners? Should I be worried about them um, in terms of gut health, in terms of health in general? Um, I like, this is essentially the question, I like some diet drinks from time to time, like Coke. Should I be worried about sweeteners? They stop me picking. Take that. But I've read they're full of crap and worse for you and bad for your gut health. Now, before I go into this, I just want to touch on the... We always like to blame one thing. And it's very easy to blame one thing. It's very easy to for someone to sell it, to say, like, you know, cut gluten out and this will happen. Cut carbs out. And I, and I get it. I've been there before and that can work. But sometimes they work in spite of what you do, not because of it. Now... This is different when it comes to diet drinks, which I'll come into in a second, but let's take carbs, for for example. Carbs get a bashing a lot. Now, what people don't realise is that although some people work better off a lower-carb diet, and that's great, often it's not as low as people actually make out it is. So a lot of the research on low-carb diets, the low-carb is actually around 30% carbohydrates, which isn't even... It's not that low. It's just that generally we eat quite a lot of them and they can be everywhere. And actually when we eat a lot of carbohydrates, sometimes it can make the food quite a lot more palatable. And then when it's more palatable, it's easier to overeat. Yet we blame carbs and people will say, you know, like even doctors and like people with doctor in front of their name who, who say, yeah, I'm practicing this. Carbs make us fat because it secretes insulin and stuff like this. They, they come up with it, but then... The research doesn't actually back that up, providing you're in a calorie deficit, which then it comes back to, okay, what what do you enjoy eating most? What's your relationship with food? And you can just go back to the, the Minnesota study that they did um, back when, which would never have got ethical approval now. They, put, they had people on 1,500 calories a day. Obviously, they were doing a lot of labor as well, but 75% of their diet came from carbohydrates. And they all got quite ill because they lost so much weight because they were obviously working really hard on 1500 calories, but nonstop, you know, like moving all day, like working. And although they ate loads of carbs, they were actually really malnourished. And it kind of goes down as a bit of a study in history, if you like, but not to mention the fact they've done hospital studies where they keep people in hospital environment, if you like, where that they can measure and track exactly what they eat and, it just seems to make no difference, providing your calories are the same. And that's a key thing to remember in that there might be types of food that make you eat more than others. Now, this brings me on to diet drinks in this question, because let's take this example. The diet drink stops her picking. So remember that if it stops you picking, what's going to be worse? How much would you eat? What would that influence your calorie intake? Would that influence your fat loss, which again is inflammatory. Body fat, excess body fat is in, is inflammatory. So when people say, oh, you need to cut out sweeteners because they're like inflame, inflame your body. You've got to remember that. So that you've got to pick something. You've got to do something, right? And let's, let's see what the alternative is. Let's see what it's getting from us. So firstly, though, I just want to not go through my opinion on here. I'm just going to share some facts with you. So let's take aspartame, for example. Like you hear a lot of things around aspartame and I, I always wish it was like 
true <laughs> to an extent because you would just go, oh yeah, you just got to avoid it and drink water. Now, they'll say like it contains methanol and it does, it contains methanol, but it's actually a lot less than what's found in food. So for, for example, one serving of tomato juice contains four to six times more methanol than the same amount of a Diet Coke. And I'm not saying that the Diet Coke, that means the Diet Coke is healthy. It's just that the human body is able to process small amounts of methanol from food, such as fruit, such as grains, vegetables, beans, and aspartame. And like anything, the devil's in the dose. Too much water can be an issue. Too much, um, too many apple seeds <laughs> are poisonous. Lectins found in beans are toxic if not cooked and properly prepared. Like, we, I, can, I could make something up about beans being toxic and, and it could be quite a scare tactic. There was a study they gave in 18 to 60-year-olds and they gave them 1,050 milligrams of aspartame a day, which is the equivalent of six cans of Diet Coke a day for 12 weeks, like... Six cans a day, 12 weeks. Now, this, this is a randomized controlled study. And the reason this is good is because they actually are doing what they said they would do. And they're controlling other lifestyle factors here. OK, so they're controlling for variables. They wanted to look at um, the impact on appetite. And what they found was, you know, you often say, oh, it makes you crave more. There was no difference on appetite, um, no impact on blood sugar levels. So, you know, people say it raises your blood sugar level. There's that I think it was from The Sun, the newspaper. What happens when you drink a Diet Coke? And not that I even drink Diet Coke, um, unless I'm having like an alcoholic drink and I want it with it. That's very rare. Um, so the thing is, you've got to consider that it didn't have any impacts on that. So in terms of can you still have it, I would say what's the alternative? This is about making small habits. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to change everything today, okay? And just consider that when we look at, you know, you might be thinking, like, where does it come from then? Where does it come from that people bash the diet drinks and say, you know, just drink full sugar? And they normally come from observational studies. And observational studies just look at trends. So they'll go, okay, let's look at how many people uh, drink diet drinks and let's have a look at the outcomes. And... The issue here is that you might have someone who is making habit changes by switching to diet drinks and now they're coming up as, oh, okay, diet drinks, you drink diet drinks, you might be overweight. That means diet drinks cause people to be overweight. But actually, they're just making small swaps in their lifestyle. It could be that also that generally people who drink more fizzy drinks in general actually are more likely to smoke are more likely to take get fast food and are less likely to exercise regularly and all these things add up are less likely to eat five a day fruit and veg so what i mean is we can't really blame that one thing although we would love to we would it's easier to blame one thing it's easier to blame one thing because it makes it simple the issue is it's it is simple in terms of Let's look at overall intake and the impact on that. But it's that's a boring answer, isn't it? <laughs> but unfortunately, we're led to believe it, it can be 
this is the new headline. It's, it's a different enemy every year, isn't it? It's carbs one year, it's fat the next, it's meat the next, then it's then it's beans the next because of the toxins. Then it's um, almond milk is now the enemy. Uh, yeah, you could go on. Um, so just consider that. And too much of anything isn't a good thing. And the most important thing is that you treat every day like day one. And just give your best today. Just give your best today. What if you just said, no matter what, no matter what's thrown at me, I'm just going to give my best today. And I'm not going to worry about the minutia. I'm going to focus on what I can control. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm excited to announce that I'm doing a free five-day kickstart. Okay. This will start on Monday, the 15th of February. Monday, the 15th of February. If you want to get in on this, I'll be posting a link later today with the details so you can get set up. It's completely free. We're going to do five days of coaching in there, okay? We're going to be using the principles that we use in my Kickstart program. And the key thing here, the key thing is looking at small, simple habits that you can apply straight away. They're not going to be habits where you'll go, oh, this is good, I'll do that next week. It's going to be literally like you can just do it straight away. That's how simple they're going to be. It's essentially a plan for people who know what they need to do, but they need the accountability to do it. There's gonna be a task every morning and I'm gonna keep you accountable to that. And then in the evening, I'll be live for a Q&A to answer your questions on this. Five days from Monday, the 15th of February. I'll send the details later on, so keep a lookout on this page. Any questions, as always, let me know and have a lovely day. We have our muscle strengthening leg workout at half six, so I'm off to get a bag of books ready for that. Speak soon.